0: Hello again, it's Jolene with Ghost Towns and History of Montana. Thank you for joining us for another Montana ghost story. This one appeared in the Circle Banner, June 15th, 1923. Dr. Whitford says ghost of early day Stage Road Tavern came back to him. Back in the 60s, a French woman and her drunken husband conducted a lonely tavern on the stage road between Helena and Deer Lodge. Travelers passing over this early-day highway made it their stopping place, and much of the revenue derived from the establishment came from the bar, which was presided over by the husband. He was his best customer. The woman looked after the little hotel cooked the meals, and did all the work. She received her pay in gold dust from the miners, and because of her husband's habits, hid it away from him. One day when she thought he was away from the place, she got out her gold dust savings. The husband, coming in suddenly, surprised her. The gold tempted him. He killed her, and taking her gold, left the place and disappeared. The woman was buried in the backyard of her tavern, which passed to other hands. Travelers who frequented the road and stopped at the house said that her spirit haunted it. Here is a story of the experience of Dr. C.S. Whitford of Butte, son of a famous Montana pioneer, also a physician. The younger Dr. Whitford insists that he saw the ghost of the murdered woman Three times. His narrative follows What amazing changes a short time can bring about in the life of a Montana mining town! What transitions from poverty to riches take place within the space of a few hours? What golden dreams are dissipated by the stroke of a pick or the turn of a shovel? Tonight, the miner or prospector lies down in hopeless despair. Over the scurvy trick of fortune. Tomorrow he awakes, all his resplendent visions realized. In a shallow placer, his partner, working rock-lousy with gold, and the claim the night shift had found the bed only fifty feet in width, brought them riches. Often the adjoining claim, revealing but a few colors here and there, would be abandoned, and some other unlucky adventurer would Come along and tackle it with successful results. In the history of mining, there is not a parallel to the famous Alder Gulch. It flamed up in the night like some enchanted Aladdin's lamp, yielding up its glittering gold in such immense quantities that it turned the brains of the oldest and the toughest sourdough. The ragged and half-starved Tenderfoot, who had never seen a mine or flake of gold before in his life, became a rich man overnight. Some escaped the excitement and fascination of the delirious mining camp and returned to their homes and families in the East. But the majority remained in the hope of further enriching themselves, only to lose it in the saloons and gambling houses perhaps to be robbed of it and afterward murdered by the road agents. It was the fate of the old prospectors and the practical miners to emerge from the struggle with only their shovels, pick and pans, and with their bacon and flour and blankets on their backs, strike out for greener fields and pastures. New with that inspired hope that lends energy to weary limbs and tickles the tendons of the foot of every sourdough he who travels over the lonely and deserted grounds of a once wild and exciting mining country travels over many mysteries dark secrets and bloody deeds of murder robbery and rapine and the only witnesses were the grim and frowning mountains in whose dark shadows they were enacted Hidden in some lonely nook, many an unmarked and forgotten grave may yet be seen, within whose clammy, mildewed walls some unfortunate has slept these many years, and whose only crime was that of being near the murderous hand and heart that coveted his victim's gold. What on earth speaks louder of loneliness than an unknown single grave lying within a little defile of the mountains, without a tree or spring to enliven the desolate aspect of the scene. One wet, cold, and stormy evening in the fall of 1877, my chum, John Vile, and myself were slowly but thankfully nearing on heavy, muddy roads and with jaded horses an old dilapidated and abandoned stage station nestled serenely and solitary among the Dog Creek Mountains, midway between Deer Lodge and Helena, our stopping place for the night. We were met pleasantly by a man who eyed us with, I am sure, feelings of pity for our wet and half-frozen condition, and bidding us walk into the house. Soon, had our miserable horses detached, From the vehicle and comfortably stalled and fed in the stable which from casual observation looked much more cozy than the house the latter exteriorly considered being a long one-story log structure rough dirty and moldy presenting an abode about as cheerless as discouraged and a worn-out traveler could well imagine the dwelling was rudely composed of each extreme end, kitchen in the rear, with large room in the centre, into which we were ushered and save for a large old fireplace, by which the flames were rising warm and bright. The interior would have presented as cold and cheerless as the picture outside. In due time we found ourselves quite dry and comfortable, and made happy and satisfied as we lingered over a plentiful and delicious supper, after which we lighted our pipes and sat around the mammoth fireplace. We chatted pleasantly with the proprietor. Mines, farms, stock interests, and various other subjects were discussed until we became fairly talked out when our cold, benumbed nerves succumbed to the genial effects of the warm blazing fire. And we, I for one at least, silently sat dreamily watching the pictures of my life as they passed to and fro through the camera of the coals. Whoever has indulged in pleasant fantasies and delightful dreams that did not suffer an abrupt awakening to be plunged into some mental or physical agony Thus it proved to me, soon after. We were allotted as our sleeping apartment, the little bedroom in the west end of the building, and being shown the way by the proprietor, he gave us a light and bade us good night. After securely fastening the door and window, and while preparing for bed, we observed that we occupied an ordinary room about 12 feet square, containing a double bed, an old organ, chairs, and a small bureau over which hung a glass at the foot of the bed. Raising the window blind sufficiently to allow the rays of the moon to light up the objects about us, we extinguished the sallow glim of the candle and lay down to slumber. Weary bones took kindly to the soft and downy influence of sheets and pillows and sleep soon transported me to the land of dreams where the brain might take respite in the fields of the unknown i had not slept long before some unaccountable influence caused me to suddenly awake and sit bolt upright staring at the hazy and dimly outlined figure and form of a woman slowly advancing with outstretched arms toward the bed my endeavor to arouse my companion seemed and age and when accomplished the apparition had receded to the shadowed corner of the room opposite our position and three times slowly extending her right arm towards us she vanished within the space from whence she came you will no doubt exclaim there is nothing remarkable in such a demonstration and so should i then and this story never would have been written but for what followed Had the strange occurrence ceased at this point, I would have gladly and for all time charged it to the imagination of a disordered mind. Sleep, of course, forsook me. Not so my companion, who, having seen nothing unnatural and immediately recovering from the fright of my having, assured him that I had soon slumbered again, much to my contempt and disgust nothing but the heavy slumber of my partner broke the awful stillness of the tomb-like place when an hour and a half of fearful suspense had passed my eyes were again staring at the sight of the same ghastly form of the woman once more appearing at the same corner i awakened my companion again who saw nothing and i vainly pointed out the specter i described to him minutely her movements which were perceptibly bolder this time, proceeding a few feet farther from the corner to the old organ, where she disturbed the papers lying thereon, taking the while a paper scroll in her left hand, and again making those ominous gestures with her right, disappeared as noiselessly as before. You may well imagine that I was thoroughly awake and quite astonished at the uncanny visitation of the dead in such form. My sleepy companion, seeing nothing all this time, was simply nervous over my actions, saying repeatedly, Imagination! Imagination! I endeavored to make myself believe that I was the victim of some hallucination. But impossible! The spirit form of a human being had plainly appeared twice in its weird and ghastly lineaments. As I was not then a believer in the occult, I resolved to keep the secret of the vision and to impress the necessity of secrecy on my companion if possible, so that if it was a hallucination, we would not be ridiculed for having seriously mentioned it. How eagerly I wished the morning, the noise and motion of the day to change this terrible scene at night. At last the glorious light of dawn appeared finding me excited and busy with my thoughts my companion sleeping heavily by my side i began to feel as though some evil influence had been shaken from me and all the heavy oppressiveness of the night gone and in its place a relaxed and exhausted sensation and my eyelids closed in sleep once more again suddenly and mysteriously awakened while the light of day flooded the room, rendering all objects clearly discernible. Comes for the third time into my horrified vision, the ghastly form with silent tread. With what little strength I still possessed, I drew myself to a sitting posture. While my hair fairly stood on end, breathlessly I watched its movements. I remember seeing a tall form covered with a long, white, shadowy shroud, with an indefinable, delicate mist surrounding it. Raven black hair hanging in loose tresses down the back, face snowy white, narrow, and pinched, with an indescribable expression of pain and sorrow and features only, as the eyes were represented by large, dark, and shadowy caverns whose depths seemed fathomless. My companion looked upon me as though I were bereft of my senses, earnestly assuring me I must be suffering from the effects of a fearful dream. As he could see nothing to be alarmed at, every silent action of her unearthly form did I eagerly watch, while the cold perspiration gathered in huge drops on my body, when she quickly swept to the foot of the bed, brushed her hair back with her hand, while peering into the looking glass then finally turned and leaning far over the footboard and looking me full in the face turned me rigid and speechless what torture I endured in that terrible moment wildly almost insensibly staring at that unnatural and ghastly form of death no one can imagine she came without sound to the side of the bed and slowly bending over my companion placed her deathly hand upon my head I shall forever see that agonized sorrow stricken countenance appearing as though she would speak and disclose some secret my companion laboriously chafed my hands and face the warm bright sunshine lighting up our room every vestige of the weird scenes of the night seemed to have vanished Thank you once again for joining us for a Montana ghost story. I'll be back with another one real soon. You can find us on our new Facebook page, Montana Ghost Hunter. We also have the Facebook page, Ghost Towns and History of Montana. So check us out on those. And until next time, take care.